How is everyone? It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. Uh, it's been a few weeks. We had a great trip out to Montana. Uh, the wedding worked. They got married. Um, that's always a good thing, right? Uh, so that was a great time. And then came back and uh, we were out a week because we uh, caught this little bug that's going around. And um, so uh, doing better with that now. Uh, and then the snow last week. Wasn't that fun? Who enjoyed that? Who went outside and played in the snow? Who said, it snowed, it looks nice? <sighs> yeah, from inside. Yep, that's what we did. We saw enough snow in Montana. I didn't, I'm like, great that it's here. The yard looks cool. I'm staying inside. Um, when we go out to Montana, we were at camp. We stayed up at camp. They have about a 350-foot uh, snow tube luge. Yeah with all the curves and fun that you can imagine. And then they light it up with colorful strobe lights and stuff at night, and you get to go at night. And so when you, get to, when you go and do that, and then it snows here, you just stay inside and look at that. Because <laughs> nothing, anyway, I'm sorry. We'll f <clears throat> Let's get on track. Uh, we're walking through the 40 days of prayer. And uh, I appreciate our national office and, and our denomination for doing some something like this. I, I think it's a great thing. And if you, have, if you haven't taken time already and gone to the website and signed up for the, uh, the daily emails uh, that come along with this 40 Days of Prayer, I would encourage you to do that. You can go to the, the national website. You can go to our website. And the link is there to do that. Um, the way this is set up is that we have usually the sermon introduces the topic for the week of prayer. Well, it snowed last week and we didn't have service. And so we talked about it and decided that we're just now the sermon's going to conclude the topic that we've spent the week praying in. So that's what's going to happen. We've, if you signed up for that and you've been praying, then we have spent this week uh, in uh, uh, reawakening to the spirit of Christ. And so that's where our focus has been. And uh, today we're going to wrap that up. So tomorrow we start our next one, reawakening uh, to the church of Christ. And so uh, you can still sign up for that if you haven't been doing that. And you can be praying that way this next, this whole next week. And then we'll do that sermon next week. But I really appreciate the, uh, Again, our, our, our denomination to, for doing something like this, I think it's a great way to start the year. I think it's a great way to start the year. I mean, prayer is important, and we should be doing it all year, right? Uh, but this allows for an extra focus and help us to maybe form a habit that we've just slowly gotten uh, out of, you know? Um, and it allows us to refocus. So uh, the first week, the first week, we had... Uh, we, we focused on the reawakening of the glory of Christ. And Pastor Chris spoke. And Pastor Chris spent some time looking at even the word reawakening. And he shared from the Oxford Dictionary the definition of reawakening. And I just want to remind you guys of that right now. The, the definition for reawakening in the Oxford Dictionary, to make you feel a particular emotion again or to make you remember something again to make you feel a particular emotion again or to make you remember something again. Now, I appreciate the Oxford Dictionary, but I prefer my favorite one, the dictionary.com. And so I went and looked that one up there. And it said this, to emerge or rouse from sleep. And then it says to become or make aware of something again. But emerge or rouse from sleep. 
Who likes to sleep? Anyone here? Would anyone here say they're good at sleep? Anyone? Yeah, like, like, I'm going to list that among a talent, okay? Uh, we have one in our household uh, that I would say is good, and, and he's at work today, so he's not here, so I can talk about him. Um, our son Jared is good at sleeping. I, he, I mean, he, he can do it. He's good at it. And when he sets his mind to it, you can't even wake him up. You cannot rouse him from sleep. Uh, you can try, and matter of fact, he will even talk to you. But he'll still be asleep. When I think about this word reawaken, I appreciate the definitions. It, it is to re-feel something or to, to be reminded of something again. But I think sometimes even we can be reminded and we can know the answers and we can say all the words, but we still don't truly wake up to it. Just like Jared, when I wake him up and say it's time to go do something, and he says, okay, Dad, all right, I'm getting up. i got to take a shower first. I'll be ready to go, and I'll be, I'll be ready in 15 minutes. And I walk out the door, and what's Jared do? He's back to sleep. He was never awake. He doesn't even go back to sleep. He was still asleep. He was still asleep. Because when I ask him later, do you remember we waking you up? When? I don't remember you waking me up. You said all of that. I said that. He doesn't remember any of it. That's how good he is at sleeping. I think sometimes we, as Christians, we will say, I'm reawakened, but we just know we can have the conversations, we can say the words, but even then, are we truly awake? Are we truly awake? So that's what I want us to ask the Holy Spirit today. Lord, wake me up. Truly reawaken me to the Spirit of Christ. I, I appreciate during this series, the, the National Office gives us a, a very, very small outline that we can follow. And I, I actually like the outline that I'm going to follow. We get to flesh it out and add and make it our own. But I really like this one. But the hardest part about the whole thing is the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, I can't even do justice. I can't even come close to communicating how much we have in the Spirit of Christ in just this one sermon. It's hours, it's days, it's months, it's, it's a lifetime of recognizing the Holy Spirit and His power and what He wants to do in our lives. We have to be awake to Him. We have to be awake to Him. Sometimes we don't even know. Sometimes we don't even know. I, I was eight years old. I was eight years old when I accepted Jesus as my Savior, and I've shared this before, but I was eight years old. And I remember saying to my mom, I remember saying that the devil and Jesus were fighting over me. And she says, don't say that. It's not a good thing to say. But I remember saying that. And I know that I received the Holy Spirit when I accepted Jesus as my Savior because that feeling of them fighting stopped. It stopped. And I knew. I knew I knew Jesus. And I, wasn't, I didn't have to worry about that anymore. But at that moment in time, I didn't know that it was the Holy Spirit that had come into me. I didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. I knew God the Father, the, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Bible. I didn't know the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until I got to college and learned about the Holy Spirit that I realized that in that moment, that's when the Holy Spirit came into me and began living in me. And then when I was 17, I had another experience where I know, I was, I know now what happened then was that I became full of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit came on me and filled me. And I, I didn't know what was happening then because I didn't learn and hadn't studied about it. But when I got to college and learned about who the Holy Spirit was and spent time discovering the Holy Spirit, I said, that was the Holy Spirit that did those things. For some of us, we might need to awaken for the first time to the power of the Holy Spirit. Because maybe we've heard of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we've never really even heard much about the Holy Spirit. And we realized it was the Holy Spirit at work that did these things in our lives. See, I believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and active today. And he wants to awaken us or maybe reawaken us to what he wants to do in us. Well, look, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read these verses from uh, verse 13 through 17. And uh, as you're turning, I'm going to ask you to stand as we read in honor of God's word. Ephesians 1, 13 through 17. Let's stand together. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Father, we thank you for this letter that Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus. We thank you that we have it here. We thank you for these specific words talking about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is to us as followers of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill this place, that your manifest presence would be obvious to us, that you would move among us, that you would draw us to you, that you would awaken us to you, that you would reawaken us to you, that you would truly wake us up to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit wants to do and be in this family and in our lives. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, be free. Teach us who Jesus is. Teach us who we are in Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, who, who here wears glasses? Like you have to wear glasses, not just because they look cool or trendy. Okay. Uh, I wear contacts. Um... I was uh, 16 when I realized I needed glasses and I actually didn't know it at first. Uh, I just, things began getting, I was trying out for baseball and I couldn't hit the ball. <laughs> I'm like, something's wrong here. I should be able to hit a baseball. I've played baseball. I, 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 I know how to hit a ball. I couldn't hit the ball. I couldn't see the ball. And my mom took me in and I had an eye appointment and... I needed glasses. So for the first time, junior in high school, I had to start wearing glasses. Uh, wore my glasses to the next time that we played, that we had tryouts, and I could hit the ball. It was amazing. 
I didn't realize how bad my eyes were until I put those glasses on. Anyone ever had that? Anyone had glasses and your prescription kind of starts to change and you don't even realize it until it gets to a certain point and then you go in and you get that other and then you get the new glasses and you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize how blind I was. Okay. We don't even realize it. We don't even realize it. And so that's what I want us to focus in on today, the Holy Spirit. We don't even realize maybe that we've fallen asleep or that it's slowly, we've slowly drifted and we need to come back. That's what reawakening means, to come back. There's three things here in these verses that I want us to look at today. The first one is this in verse 13. The Holy Spirit is God's identifying mark on the believer. The Holy Spirit is God's identifying mark on the believer. Verse 13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him, in him, with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When did it happen? When? There's some people over here that know the answer. It happened when you believed. When did you first believe? When did you first believe? I've already shared. I was eight years old. When I was eight years old, I didn't even know who the Holy Spirit was, but I was marked and sealed with the Holy Spirit on that day, October 5th, 1980. That's the day it happened. It happened when I believed and I was sealed. Now, what does that mean, a seal? Anyone here still get mail, like real mail, like in an envelope? Anyone still get mail? Yeah, yeah. What happens if you get home and someone else already picked out the mail and there's something there with your name on it and it's opened? What do you do? In my house, if my daughter gets mail and I open it, what's the first thing she says when she gets home? What? Who opened my mail? That's my mail. You know right away we're bothered when someone tampers with our mail, right? It's supposed to be sealed. It's sealed for who? It's sealed for me. What does it mean then when we are sealed? A seal could be used to guarantee three things. A seal does three things. It guarantees a document, it indicates ownership, and it protects us against tampering. When we think of a seal here in biblical times, when they would send a letter, when they would send something to someone else, they would put the wax on there. They'd often use their rig and their signet to mark on there what? Ownership. This is who it's from, but it's sealed, and it's going to a specific purpose. And if that seal was broken, someone had tampered with it. We knew there was an issue. The Holy Spirit seals us. He does three things. One, he guarantees that we are his children. Romans 8.16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The reason we get the Holy Spirit when we believe, that moment that we believe we have the Holy Spirit, we have that, is to testify and remind us that we are God's children. We are God's children. We are God's children. If, if, if you're not a parent, it's hard to even imagine how deep that meaning is. If you are a parent, we understand what it means because we know how it feels, how much we love our kids. It guarantees, the Holy Spirit guarantees we are God's children. We need to be reawakened to that. We need to, be, we need to remember the fact that we are God's children. Here's the thing. 
we need each other to remind each other of that. I, I missed four Sundays with you guys. I missed four Sundays. I'm so glad to be back here with you guys right now. I'm so glad. I didn't even realize this past Wednesday, I was with some folks. I was talking with them. I was sharing what God was doing. We spent time in prayer. When we got done, I didn't realize how much I had missed that until I experienced that this past Wednesday. It was amazing. I was reminded that I'm on my own doing things. It was, I just, I, I kind of lost track of that. I'm God's child and this is what it means to be part of his family. I miss that. I need this. I need you guys. I'm so glad to be back with you. That's why times like this are so important. It's important for us to come together to remind each other we are God's children. He loves us. And we have a way that we walk in him. This is good, but I also encourage you, if you're not part of a discipling community, a smaller group, become part of one. Because this is good. I'm going to tell you this, that's probably better. Because you get to come together even more and pray more specifically, encourage each other even more. We need to be reminded that we are God's children. And we get to do that together. And so I encourage you, if you're not part of a discipling community, to become part of one. And if you want to say, how do I do that? Come talk to us, we'll let you know. But the Holy Spirit guarantees we're his children. The second thing that the seal does, that the seal of the Holy Spirit does, is it shows that we belong to God. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? This is his temple. Not this room, this body. The Holy Spirit who's in you whom you've received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Who do we belong to? We belong to God. We belong to Jesus. This is not mine. This is His. The Holy Spirit shows that we belong to God. The third thing that the seal does is it protects us against the enemy. Back to Romans 8, verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Those things that the enemy tries to come in and get us to fall to and to slip away and those misdeeds, because of the Holy Spirit, we can put those aside and we can live. We can live. The Holy Spirit, the seal, the mark protects us against the enemy. The Holy Spirit is given to fulfill these promises. We are his children. We belong to God. We are protected against the enemy. Jesus speaking in John chapter 14 reminds us of this promise. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. That's who we have in the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Are you listening? Do you need to reawaken to him? The second thing we see here in verse 14 is that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the believer's inheritance. He's the guarantee, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the believer's inheritance. 
Starting back in 13, the end of 13, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Holy Spirit is a guarantee of the believer's inheritance. The Holy Spirit is a down payment paid by God himself. Paid by God himself. What is our inheritance? What is our inheritance? One of the things, new heaven and new earth. It's part of our inheritance. Who's excited about that? Who wants a new heaven and new earth? Guess what's not on the new earth? A pandemic. I'm ready for that now. What is our inheritance? Our inheritance is the kingdom that is to come. I can't wait for that kingdom. I'm ready for that kingdom. Our inheritance is a time and place without sin, without death, without tears, without pain. Our inheritance is our true home. Who wants to go to our true home? Guys, here's the reality. Our inheritance is God himself. God himself. God the Almighty. God the Holy One. God who speaks and things happen. God is our inheritance. That's just amazing to think about. I, I, can't, I can't understand that. If I try to think too hard, I, I can't even do it. I can't even imagine what that is. God himself. Numbers 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 20 says, The Lord said to Aaron, You have no inheritance in their land, nor will you have any share among them. I am your share in your inheritance among the Israelites. God, God said to Aaron, Listen, you don't, you don't need any of this physical world stuff because you've got me. I'm your inheritance. All this physical world stuff that we get hung up on, it's temporary. It's going away. It's not even real. It's, 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 it's here. It's now. It's going to be done. But God is our inheritance. God tells Aaron, don't even worry about this. I've got you. Ezekiel 44, 28 says, I am to be the only inheritance the priests have. What are we? We're priests. Scripture says that we are priests. I am to be the only inheritance the priests have. You are to give them no possession in Israel. I will be their possession. Oh my goodness. Do we understand? Do we truly even get what that means? Do we, we, that should get us so excited. Chris mentioned that he got chills. Well, this should give us chills again. God is our inheritance. God himself. The Spirit guarantees access to all of God's richest Blessings. All of them. All of them. Now I would say in this, it includes his giftings. In this, it includes his, the fruit of the Spirit. God moves. God moves. See, I, third thing. I'm gonna, the third thing. The Holy Spirit is the conduit to God's truth. Verse 17. The Holy Spirit is the conduit to God's truth. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. 
so that you may know him better. The Holy Spirit is the conduit of God's truth. Um, John 14, 17. Well, 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be with you. The spirit of truth. Later down in that same chapter, verse 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit reveals truth. When I got to college, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit, and so I began looking into the Holy Spirit. Once I learned who the Holy Spirit was, I began looking into the Holy Spirit, and so I went to some of these um, Holy Spirit-filled churches, charismatic churches, from the Holy Spirit, right? And uh, I began looking and reading and watching and paying attention and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal himself. And, and, and I'm going to say this. I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. I believe they still happen. That whatever the Holy Spirit did with the apostles, I believe that the Holy Spirit could do with us today. That's what, that's what I believe. But I also believe this, that everything that the Holy Spirit does is going to line up with Scripture. One of the churches that I went to, Holy Spirit, well, I'll just say this. The first time I heard someone speak in tongues, um, I was probably 10 years old. Um, I didn't know what was going on. But I remember asking Jesus, what's going on? And uh, uh, I remember having a peace in my heart. I, I can't explain that. I can't explain that right now. I, the, the only thing now that I learned, that I've learned because of what I've learned in my mind, I can learn, okay, the Holy Spirit was giving me peace because the Holy Spirit was showing me truth. And so there was something going on there that I didn't understand, but I believe it was from him because I had a peace about it. Uh, I, I'd heard tongues spoken after that time, but I think of a specific time when I was in my 20s, early 20s, and I heard someone speak in tongues. And in that moment... I did not feel peace. I did not feel peace. And then because what I had read and learned in Scripture, I felt like there was something that should happen after that moment that didn't happen, or my, at least the way I saw it, happened incorrectly, not lining up with Scripture, and I felt like, okay, something here isn't right. Something here isn't right. And the reason I think it should line up with scriptures because John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So if the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and if the word of God is truth, then to me, the word of God and the Holy Spirit speaking truth should line up together. And that's an important thing. Now God is still moving today and the Holy Spirit still moves today. And it reveals to us truth. I know God moves today. I know God moves today. I know the Holy Spirit still works today. I've seen too many things to believe, not to believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and working today. I believe that prophecy still happens today. I believe that tongues still happens today. I believe that supernatural miracle healings happen today. I believe that God still raises people from the dead. 
but it all lines up with his truth. And we have to, we have to be reawakened to those things. Now, that God is also a God of order and not, well, I don't know, maybe some of us might think craziness, but I believe he's a God of order and truth. And he reveals that truth to us. I, I was in a Sunday school class in my church in Montana and I saw a man die. And the nurse sitting next to me said, he's dead. And we prayed. And he came back to life. The Holy Spirit still moves and wants to move among us today. He speaks truth. When I was 16 years old, I heard a Baptist preacher preach on the prodigal son. And at the end of the sermon, he wrapped it up and he did nothing but praise the brother. The brother who never left his dad. The brother who remained faithful. The brother who was a good boy and did everything his dad said to do. And at 16, I said, something's not right here. And I remember leaving that service and I was with some friends and they were going on and on about how great a sermon it was and how we've got to be good boys and girls. And I said, he missed the whole point of the prodigal son. He missed the whole point. I was 16. I had no clue what I was saying. It was the spirit and truth inside me that revealed to me that it's not about following all the rules and dotting the I's and crossing the T's and doing all the right rules. It's the heart of God for those that are lost and need Jesus and come back in a heart of grace. Because that son was doing all the rules, but he didn't even have, he says, he didn't even know, he didn't even realize that he had access to all of his father's stuff. We have access to all of the father's stuff because we are his children. Are our eyes open to it? I'm gonna ask the music team to come. And we're going to go into a time of prayer. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Maybe for the first time you're saying, Holy Spirit, say something to me. Maybe for the first time you're awakening to who the Holy Spirit is. Or maybe you're reawakening. Maybe you're putting on a fresh pair of glasses for the very first time and you're saying, I can see again. I hadn't realized how blurry my vision had gotten. I want to encourage you right now to ask the Holy Spirit how he wants to move in you, what he's calling to you, what he's reawakening you to. Maybe it's something that you've held on to your whole life and he's saying, let it go. Maybe it's something that you've said, well, this is what I've known, but I've heard something today that's maybe more than what I've known. Holy Spirit, reveal your truth to me. We're going to go into a short time of prayer. I encourage you, whether it's where you're at, whether you need to come up here, whether you want to get with an elder, don't leave today without asking the Holy Spirit what he's saying to you. Don't hold back from the Holy Spirit's movement. Father, we love you. And we thank you that you have marked us, that you had given us an inheritance, that you have revealed your truth through the indwelling of your Holy Spirit. Reawaken us. Reawaken us to the truth.
of your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's spend some time in prayer.